episode 217, My Homeschooling Experience. This is the Ericast for the week of May 5, 2013. From Ericast.com. Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. <laughs> I kind of feel like I had that, that Peter Brady moment there where he went through puberty and his voice cracked for all of 10 minutes of one 23-minute Brady Bunch episode, but um, I'm sipping tea here. In fact, there's the there's the sound of the spoon in the tea. See, down here in the basement, Ericast studio. Welcome to the Ericast. I'm your host, Eric Larson. Two zero six three three nine three seven four two. Listener feedback line. I decided to not try sounding natural anymore. I'll just be completely random. This is probably actually not a, not a good mood to be in for this particular episode because I am going to talk about. Having been home educated, um, which occasionally surprises people, and they say you were homeschooled. I'm like yes, yes, indeed, I was for most of my life. Um, well, most of my schooling life. I mean, <laughs> my, my time, well, actually, I suppose actually having having gotten married, I suppose the education continues, right? Um, so anyway, yes, this uh, came up in a. I don't even, I should, I suppose I should dig it up, but it doesn't really matter where in, uh, in Facebook. And I, I thought, you know what? Yes. I'm going to talk about that. So, uh, again, if you have any comments or thoughts, 206-339-3742, listener feedback line, spells out 206-339-ERIC, E-R-I-C, kind of cool. And if at any point in this process you think, wow, Eric is just a little bit weird. I'm not sure if this is a, a, he's a good poster child for the home education movement. Just think, how many of your public school educated friends do a podcast? Hmm? Of course, that assumes there's a self-evident intrinsic value to podcasting, which uh, maybe not, but you're listening. So there you go. Okay. Anyway, um, so brief life story, because this comes up. Every so often, people say, oh, yeah, we're thinking about homeschooling. What do you think? Like, well, I can't really, I mean, I can tell you some thoughts, but I, I can't really tell you what's right or wrong in your circumstances because the number one shocking realization that you have to come to is that children are different. Very important key point. So what worked for me, or maybe didn't work for me, I don't know, uh, may or may not work for you and your kids. Children are different, parents are different, people are different. So I think that home education is a wonderful option for some people, some of the time. Not for all the people all the time. So let's let's go from there. Um, also, I do have opinions. I apologize in advance if you're offended by any of them or anything I'm about to say. Remember, you're different. So... Maybe it will work for you, but we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Um, and as an aside, my mom strongly preferred, not like, you know, get upset about stuff, but if you hear her talking about homeschooling, she would talk about home education. Uh, there's that, uh, that proverbial Mark Twain quote of never let your schooling get in the way of your education. And here's one of the offensive things coming. I'm not a big fan of the parents who set up the schoolroom in their house with the with the desks and the chairs and and that's the school space might be great might work really well for you and your kids might be the right choice so don't get angry with me yet but the whole philosophy of home education is that 
education is not limited to a school environment. Education really should be like an all-waking-hours sort of thing. Um, children's natural state, I truly believe, is to grow and learn, um, unless for some reason that gets beat out of them, or perhaps they're choosing to learn things that you don't think are appropriate at that time. Trust me, the kids who are sitting in front of the TV playing video games are learning a lot about that video game and how to shoot people on Call of Duty or how to get the high-scoring Pac-Man or whatever the hip youngins are doing these days. Um, that's they're, they're learning. You may prefer that they learn something that's going to have some lasting value in their future career, but it's not that they're not learning. Now... That said, I suppose at some point at the extreme when they just sit in front of the TV and watch something that's just pure entertainment, okay, maybe at some point you do get to the point of you're just wasting time, you're not learning anything. But anyway, so my life, let's talk about me since it's my podcast. Um, I was in a Montessori school and Maria Montessori pioneered a, um, or with a form of education was named after her. Um, and who knows if the particular school I was in really did, you know, follow a rigid Maria Montessori method. Um, a lot of things kind of get all mixed together with different names. So I referred to it as a small family school. There are like 30 kids in it um, from ages, you know, four, four to 10 or so, give or take. Um, but the Montessori method is more like a free-range free learning, which, which is not, again, not to say you don't do anything. But I remember the school very well um, with different stations set up. Uh, we had workbooks, but, you know, there was kind of an expectation that you would do at least a page a day in the workbooks. Okay, fine. Um, but I remember one time uh, I got really interested in geometry lesson. I did probably 20 pages of geometry that day, and that was fine. That wasn't, you know, wow, Eric gets a gold star. It also wasn't, oh, bad, Eric, you read ahead. It was just, okay, there you go. That's great. Um, had a world book encyclopedia set. We could go and read about what we wanted to read about. And, you know, yeah, there were assignments and things, but um, it was much more flexible in its learning method. So that school, by design, once you turn 10, then you, then you moved on. And I think I've talked in previous episodes, so I don't remember where. So someone should use the Aircast search engine to find out if I ever talked about my um, first grade public school experience in the NOVA program, um, which didn't turn out quite so well because the way they taught the quote-unquote gifted first graders was by taking the fourth grade teacher and having her teach the first grade. The problem is, is that while maybe some of the schooling topics and things would have worked, the fact is you're still dealing with five- and six-year-olds, and that just didn't go too well. When, probably because of classroom physical constraints, you treat the reading corner as the punishment corner, that's also not a good sign. So anyway, th that experience did not go too well, and my parents put me back into the um, the Montessori school. Then I turned 10, and we um, we homeschooled. What was interesting at the time in the state of Minnesota, it, it wasn't, a, it was sort of legal, but wasn't exactly, um, <laughs> it wasn't as respected and understood as it was 
or is today, um, that was prior to the laws that came in that sort of reformed um, what type of engagement from the state or the Department of Education or whatever uh, you would have with the kids. And that is was sort of, I have no idea what it is now, but at the time the new laws came in and it basically was a sliding scale based on the parents' education level. Um, at the time when we started, the um, the law was written that home home education, homeschooling was fine as long as the parents were essentially equivalent. That was the phrase to a um, a school teacher, and the state chose to interpret that as that you needed a teaching license. So if you didn't have a teaching license, then technically you were kind of you know not exactly kosher in your homeschooling. Um, so anyway. That was my my rebel parents were fighting the man with the homeschooling experience. So that started at age ten. Uh, now you'll remember my physical location since Dad was a, a college professor, so we had summers off. So we were sort of splitting time between um, St. Paul in in the school year, and then we had like cabins and stuff in Wisconsin. So that explains why I have this weird split in in where I grew up. And I say that my formative teen years were spent in Cornucopia, Wisconsin, because eventually as they worked further and further north, um, that house, I think they bought that house when I was 10, 10 or 11. So yeah, right around then. It's all back and forth and stuff, but the house in St. Paul was right behind uh, the public library branch for that, that neighborhood. Um, so you cross the alley and the library is right there. So I would check out books and read whatever I wanted to read. Um, so w- one of the... Um, to be honest, in the, in the spirit of an open, honest Ericast, one of the challenges or problem, I don't know, um, is there was some stuff that I was not well trained in. So it's not that I didn't learn, and it's not that I, I, I didn't or don't have some skills in them. But for instance, um, since mom and dad were both journalists, my writing and copy editing skills are, in all humility, pretty darn good. My math skills, not great. Um, now, you know, adequate. I got into college. I did graduate with a business minor. I was able to take my, you know, math classes and stats classes and did did okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and Ruth would say, well, you did okay. You got A's in them. I'm like, right, fine. Um, but those weren't, like, that wasn't advanced calculus. That was basic math, which is fine. Had I been forced through some sort of educational structure to be trained into better calculus, trigonometry, whatever, I either would have become a math genius or I would have worn a trench coat and shot my fellow students. I, and I'm kidding, but not by much. Um, that, so it's a, it's a little, it's a little bit hard to look back and say, oh, well, let's point out this problem or that problem or whatever. It's like, yeah, I'm not perfect, and I didn't learn everything as as fully as logically possible. But the exact same thing could be said for students in any educational environment, any environment. So, again, it kind of comes down to that, well, you know, what what's, what's a good fit for you, what works for you, etc. Um, 
people at the time worried about, well, it would say, you know, how much they actually worried, but they say, oh, what will happen when he goes to college? At which point my folks and, and I would point out, well, college fundamentally, at least it was then, I'm assuming it still is more than 20 years later, I would argue that to succeed in college, you really need to function in an independent learning environment. So you can go as a college freshman and you can wait for the bell to ring and it doesn't ring and so you freak out and just go out drinking with your friends as a freshman and, you know, drive yourself into oblivion. Or you can be like most people and do fine. Or you can be like me and say, okay, yeah, this is, I mean, I've got to be in a particular room at a particular time because that's when the instructor's there. But otherwise, if I'm responsible for learning this stuff, I guess I got to learn it. So I did pretty well in college. Um, what about socialization? Well, again, you know, pros and cons. Um, I don't think that the socialization up in small town Wisconsin would have been the best for me. Um, there weren't a lot of, of good academic activities. Um, when I look at the debate coaching that Ruth and I did um, when we were first married, if I were able to plug into a debate team like that, that would have been great. There weren't debate teams like that in Cornucopia, Wisconsin. So, you know, what about socialization? You know, you go to college and you meet people and, you know, you engage and do fine. So I don't really think that's a, uh, you know, a terribly big thing to worry about. Today, it's a lot different because you have so many more, you know, online communities and things. Um, I was big into, uh, the bulletin boards, the BBSs, uh, that you would dial into with a 300 baud modem. We've talked about that before. Um, and I had, um, you know, friends and many, many acquaintances, you know, through those environments. So in terms of, now, what's interesting, with an old 300 baud modem dialed up into something, what would be the primary means of communicating? Yes, the written word. So this resonated really well with me because of my background and the fact that I could write well enough. Might not work well for everybody. Somebody who's a lot more social extroverted rather than introverted, whatever, maybe that wouldn't be a good fit. And now we're back to, well, it kind of depends. So that was that. Uh, from a uh, curriculum standpoint, I did, though I never actually finished, <laughs> um, including my physics uh, class. So technically, I never did graduate from any high school because I didn't take the high school physics. Um, but we did the American school. I think I've talked about that before. It was you know, advertised on matchbook covers. Um, basically kind of provided a, a curriculum or an outline, which was, you know, fine. Gave, you know, mom and dad some textbooks and material to work from. So that's fine. Uh, senior year, I know we've talked about this uh, when we decided to move. Then I served as general contractor for our um, house that we built, which may have seemed a little bit strange to have this 17, 18 year old, 18, I guess I turned 18 by then, um, contracting a house, but, you know, worked fine. I learned a lot. Um, so that was a great experience. So, you know, it was great for me. I don't have any regrets, but that's also me looking back, you know, 30 years and saying, so was that a wise path to put yourself on? Well, I, you know, 
I, I don't know. I don't know what a public school educated me would look like. I don't know what a private school educated me, you know, through junior high, high school, um, what that would look like. So it's a little hard to say, but I think I turned out okay. Uh, mom's number one resource was John Holt, who was an author. Um, he was the, the kind of the driving voice behind a magazine series called Growing Without Schooling, which is now available online thanks to the wonders of the internet. So you can find the old issue archives for that. Um, you know, somewhere in there you will find me writing about the club I started, Kids for Peace. KFP, uh, sort of unifying against the arms race. Yeah, I was one of those wild-eyed liberals back in my youth. Oh, yeah. Um, I like to point out that it worked because the Soviet Union did collapse and we no longer have the nuclear threat of the Soviet Union. Um, so technically, someplace in one of those magazines, you'd find, you'd find that reference. Um, you know, and... Could you, with with somebody in a regular public school environment, you know, could you do that? Could you run a club on the side? Um, sure. You know, so I, but it would be a side project on top of a whole bunch of other school assignments. But school assignments can be really good. Um, I don't really, I, I don't see things coming back from Kendall and Chloe saying, I object to this material. I can't believe they're making them do this busy work or whatever. Because I, I sort of take take this kind of quirky homeschooling philosophy and say, okay, now let's supplement. So I'm at work. Ruth is doing stuff. You come home, you come off the bus. And what we, you know, perfectly every day, probably not, but what we talk about around the dinner table is you know, educational stuff, sometimes related to the schoolwork, sometimes not. Um, when I take the girls to, um, you know, the time capsule day at the Alexander Ramsey house where they can find out about Minnesota when it was a territory and Governor Ramsey and, you know, what life was like in 1879, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you can do that whether you're homeschooling your kids or not. If you're homeschooling them, I guess you can do that during the day rather than taking them on a Saturday. But other than that, I, I would say do that kind of stuff. Um, it depends on your school district. We um, happen to be living in an area with, with really great schools and great teachers, so that's fine. Um, what if your kids are being bullied or react um, you know, or, or having problems with their peers at school? I don't have a problem saying take them out. Not take them out like the other a whole different topic. No, don't take out your own kids and don't take out the bullies with any sort of weapons or other violence. Um, I would have no problem choosing alternative education for your children based on some sort of you know, negative peer situation. Some people would say, well, but you can't run from your problems and they need to toughen up, etc. Um Perhaps, but I don't think that six, seven, eight-year-olds really need to be toughened up. I don't think, I think they will, they can, 
they can grow and thrive as humans if they face that kind of adversity. I don't think that, I think they will grow and thrive as humans despite that kind of adversity, um, not necessarily because of it. I don't think you need to expose them to um, bullying and peer problems and things in order to to make them better people. I would argue that they, they should be allowed to mature in a safe environment, um, and, and then when they're adults, they can deal with that. So you can kind of go either way on that, but um, it depends on the environment you're putting them in. I don't know. That's um, that's that's kind of the not-so-brief summary of my entire pre-college, K-12 through educational life. So you know what's coming if you've listened to the podcast before. Let me know what you think. And I'd be really curious, actually, because um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet statistically that most of you listening had a public school education. Um, but even within that, you know, uniform experience, there are going to be lots of different experiences. Um, and then some of you probably had very different experiences. So I would love to know that. And since many, 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 many of my listeners have kids, I would love to know what educational choices you are making for your kids. Are you choosing to homeschool them? Um, public school, private school, some other mix I haven't thought of. Um, what do you think? I, I would really love to know how, how you're facing these kinds of issues because, um, they're, they're tough. You've got options. And if you're a wise parent, you are, are thinking, um, thinking about the options that you want to choose. Um, and boy, lots of people have lots of opinions too. So boy, it, um, if, if, um, I was going to say if you're not careful, but whether you're careful or not, it sure is easy to get criticized too. So, um, don't take anything I've said as any sort of criticism. Though perhaps if you've built the room on your house to be the school room with the clock and the chalkboard and the rows of chairs and you hit your kids with a ruler, that I, that I might, I might gently question. Which is as close to criticizing my listeners as I'm going to get. Um, but do let me know what you think. Um, I'd love to know your experiences. 206-339-3742. Also known as 206-339-ERIC. Thanks for listening. Until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Ericast from Ericast.com. Visit us at www.ericast.com.